It is not only related to the song, it's related to a local community. Yep. Uh, so, of course, that song, Baja Men, Who Let the Dogs Out, uh, earworm from the late 90s, early 2000s. You couldn't go anywhere for years without hearing that song, hardly. No, and it's one that made it into sports stadiums and oh, events. Of course. And you, know, you hear that, especially any team that maybe has a dog as a mascot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so one of our coworkers decided to go down a rabbit hole at four in the morning. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I've been there. Some of the best content I've ever come up with was either late at night or early in the morning, just, you know, going down a rabbit hole on the internet. Yeah. So our coworker came across a podcast. Uh, it's called 99% Invisible by Roman Mars. And, uh, this particular episode, he dedicates it to discovering the origins of who Let the Dogs Out by the Baja Men, one of the most recognizable and popular songs. And uh, the search actually started by his guest, Ben Sisto, who himself went down a strange uh, strange journey that started him with wikipedia the song. Yep, on the entry on Wikipedia, it says the Baja Men did not actually write the song, but that a British hairdresser named Keith heard it on a trip to Carnival in Trinidad and Tobago, don't worry, we will get to the Michigan part of this. And uh, he passed it along to some music producers. So what transpired uh, was a search for the origins of the song that lasted 10 years. It turns out the song went from Florida in the early 90s to the Bahamas to eventually the version we all know. As Roman tried to make sense of it all, he said, So when it comes to who let the dogs out, there's Steve and the Baja Men who made the super popular version that most people know. There's Aslam Douglas who made the version from the Bahamas called Doggy <laughs> that was directly covered and licensed by the Baja Men. And then there's the DJs who had this brilliant innovation of bearing a rhetorical quest with the dogs barking. And so that's an incredibly complicated set of people and versions and rights and right holders and people fighting. It's kind of stunning. So uh, he proceeds to tell the other guy on the podcast, there's a remix of a song called You're a Dog, which is by a group called 20 Fingers, featuring the singer Gillette, which was released. And then even before that, another group called Miami Boom Productions in Florida had a song, Who Let the Dogs Out, which was written and recorded in 1992, uh, and to, to show the time, uh, the floppy disk and software was used to back it up. But here's where it gets crazy, and we learn about the Michigan connection. Michael Davis from Dewajack, Michigan, heard about the research this guy had been doing on the song and began to tell him the tale of an infamous rally cry the team made to eventually win the state title that year. So Jonathan says, uh, like Rudy, kind of like a Rudy-like tale of high school football, that's where the Hail Mary pass, and he just starts chanting, Ooh, ooh, who let, uh, ooh, ooh, let the dogs out. And then the whole stadium starts chanting it. And then it just happens. It should preface to say that, uh, that's how he remembers it. Other people from the football team don't remember it quite that way. Some people say that a guy named Keith, the, uh, the funky bus driver came up with it. It's kind of a mystery, but what's important is this team blew up. They won the state champion and this champ, there's this champ was their motto. Yep. Uh, so when he came to Dwajak and was asking around about the origins of the song, people were giving him some VHS tapes and other items with Who Let the Dogs Out from 1990 before all the other uh, stuff we were talking about. So if you ask anyone from Dwajak, they no doubt will have more information on this. Uh, when he looked at where the chant popped up in Michigan, he found it almost made a perfect circle around the town uh, where one of the guys from Miami Boom Productions lived. Hmm. Although the evidence was presented, the singer wasn't uh, over-defensive about it, stating he can't, to his memory, recall ever hearing the chant. So, uh, very interesting. Possibly, it just was something that 
you know, because he was in the area, it just got into his head. And, subconscious, yes, per- perhaps. On a subconscious level. Very weird uh, tie, possibly to Michigan, with that very popular song from 2000. <laughs> yeah, and uh, another thing that we kind of wanted to talk about here, a dog that's been missing uh, since March 10th in Portage. Uh, 3000 is now being offered for a dog that went missing in Portage, Engel which actually means angel in German, is a German short hair pointer. Yep, he was staying at the front of a family home when the family went... She. To, or she, I'm sorry, <laughs> went to an out-of-state wedding. Uh, she was last seen near the woods between Schering Road and West Center near the Oakland Drive Park west of Shaver Road. Yeah, Ingle normally would travel with her family uh, or stay with a family member in Camden, Michigan. So she is completely uh, unfamiliar with the Portage area and... Uh, the children in Ingle's family miss her like crazy. Uh, the mom and dad have said that there have been many tears shed in the day since the dog went missing. Well, and it's a very sad situation. I would be too. If a beloved pet went missing, Ingle has a brown and white coat, brown eyes, weighs about 40 pound, uh, pounds, pink camouflage collar, a heart-shaped rabies tag uh, with either Montana or Michigan Veterinary Clinic phone number. We have a photo on the website as well. Yep, we have a photo. We have multiple photos as well as phone numbers in case you happen to see Angel Ingle out there. Um, we definitely like to see this dog get reunited with her family. Absolutely. So uh, take a look. And uh, if you're in the Portage area, of course, the dog could have traveled all sorts of places by now. So um, just keep an eye out. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with a look at your news and weather. Good morning and joining us now is Jessica and Carrie from the Humane Society of South Central Michigan. How are you ladies doing today? Great. Great. And before we talk about our featured pet today, I know there was a couple things you wanted to go over and uh, some ways that people can help you. Yes, absolutely. So um, not just helping us, but helping themselves. Uh, our process is pretty easy to follow. We are open currently by appointment, but you can see all of our animal photos on in, on our um, Facebook and on PetFinder.com. When you look at their photos, it has a description, and the description says right off some of the things that are really important. So say if an animal like Susie requires a fenced-in yard, if you don't have a physically fenced-in yard, um, please don't apply for her because that's not going to work. She absolutely needs it. So it's really good to take a look at those uh, needs of the animal and see if they match your needs and your family currently. So uh, that's super important. Uh, but another way that individuals can help us, we are a little bit low on bleach right now, and we do, as you can imagine, a ton of cleaning. Um, so we could definitely use some bleach. And when you take a look at the label, it should say disinfecting bleach. Um, and that that's the one that we need. It's the kind that disinfects. Right. Uh, the kind that you use for the laundry won't work the same way. No, it, it doesn't. So um, it, the main thing is, is to look at the ingredients on it. Um, if it has the, um, oh, what is it called? Is it the hypo? What is, I can't remember what. It, there's a hydro, um, expect, you know, complete ingredient that's in it and i think that that's in most all bleaches because that's what we were looking at um when the the big thing came out stating the fact that um if it doesn't say disinfected it's not necessarily the same but i think that it is as long as you look at the ingredients and it has the same ingredients in it that the um that the disinfecting bleach has in it some good information to have on hand whether it's for your own home or if you're wanting to help out some of those animals at the shelter um who did who did you bring in today 
Uh, today we brought Dusty, and he is one year and mo- one month old, and he is a beautiful buff cat, a young cat. He's still uh, kind of on the small side. He's a little petite boy, and uh, he's just adorable. He's kind of shy, um, so he would probably do better with uh, older kids, and he might do well if he was adopted with another cat from here or if you have a cat in the home that is a nurturing cat. I think that he would do best with uh, a cat that's used to being with other cats. He's not super um, energetic, uh, you know, for a young cat. Um, I'm sure that once he would be out of the room, though, he will get his little burst of energy like most cats do when they're not surrounded by so many others. And uh, there's a special discount that people can get when they adopt two animals at the same time, right? Absolutely. If you adopt two animals that are bonded together, and that works mostly for the cats, uh, then your second adoption fee is half off. So um, quite often, two cats or two kittens are better than one uh, when they're moving into a new environment. If you take one that's already been in uh, the room with another cat and they kind of know each other, that will help them uh, adjust to the situation in a new home a little bit better. Well, something uh, definitely to consider. Uh, how does Dusty do with kids? Has he had much of a chance to be around any yet? Um, you know, he is a little bit mouthy. He's one of those cats that if you put your hand up by his face, he'll take pets for a few minutes. But then if you're not paying attention, he'll start gnawing on your knuckles. <laughs> um, so probably 10 years or older who understand that. Um, he's not super fond of being picked up and carried around. So younger kids tend to do more of that. Dusty would probably do better with cats who are quite, or kids who are quite respectful, um, who understands that he doesn't always want to be petted and held uh, and that understands that, you know, cat teeth can be sharp. And if he's not paying, if you're not paying attention and he chews on your knuckles, uh, that might hurt a little. Well, definitely some things to consider, and Dusty sure is cute. And if you want to check him out for yourself, we have a photo up on our website at 953wbck.com. You can find more information. You'll also find the link back to the Humane Society of South Central Michigan. So you can fill out that application and return it to them right there on your phone if you're looking from there. And uh, possibly meet him or one of the other furry animals there looking for their forever home. Well, thank you, ladies. Thank you. It is National Park Week. All right. Yep. Uh, National Park Week runs from April 16th through the 24th. So we are smack dab in the midst of it. And I have some ideas on how we can celebrate. All right. What are we going to do? Um, well, I will, I would like to preface this by saying, um, maybe I'm a bit biased, but I'm pretty sure Michigan has got some of the best, uh, national parks in, uh, in perhaps, uh, the entire nation. Oh, especially, uh, the further north you go, you get to more and more of these. Of course, Isle Royale, Keweenaw Peninsula, Pictured Rocks, River Raisins, Sleeping Bear Dunes. Uh, that one probably the closest of all of those. Absolutely. Uh, so if you're wanting to get out and maybe do a little exploring, uh, Isle Royal National Park might be one to stop by. It's located far out in Lake Superior and can be reached only by a charter boat or seaplane. Um, it became a national park on March 3rd, 1931. And, uh, it's got all kinds of, uh, fun activities that you can do. Maybe some, uh, canoeing, uh, some exploring on the beaches. It's just beautiful. Yep. Um, in Keweenaw, Native people made copper into tools and trade items, and inve- uh, investors and immigrants arrived in the 1800s, uh, but it later on became another national park that's fun to enjoy. And um, there's a few others, too. We have some beautiful pictures of these parks to celebrate National Park Week that you can check out on our website and on the app. 
Uh, or like you said, maybe go explore them in person and take some of your own photos. Yeah, I would definitely uh, check out this list on our website so you can see them all and uh, perhaps head out there for a weekend adventure since it's so nice. Yeah, this weekend's going to be very nice. And your weather today is going to be partly to mostly cloudy. Winds from the southeast up to 20 miles per hour and a high in the mid-50s. Tonight we'll have occasional rain showers. Winds from the south up to 20 miles per hour and a low in the upper 40s. Tomorrow we'll have the start the day with morning showers and it'll be sunny and breezy later and a high in the mid-60s. Right now, it is sunny and 29 degrees. Yeah, a little bit of frost on the ground, uh, but we Better are, than snow. Yeah, and we're headed in a better direction. Cash code coming up at 8.30 and much more. Good morning, Brandon. Good morning. So, something that uh, we haven't been able to do for quite a few years now What's is going to be coming back. What is that? The Grand Haven Kite Festival is back for 2022. All right. Uh, it's nice to see a, a lot of these events. I think I heard, too, that they will be doing the fireworks in South Haven again this year. Some great news indeed. And uh, for all of you wanting to spend some time at the Lake Michigan watching some colorful kites fill the sky, this is the year for you. Yep. Uh, for 30 years, visitors came from all over the place to watch kites fly in Grand Haven at the Great Lakes Kite Festival. Uh, event organizers decided to end the festival in 2018, which was actually a couple of years before the pandemic. So this wasn't just a pandemic-related situation, uh, but some enthusiasts who like kites stepped up and to, to uh, get it going again under a new name, the Grand Haven Kite Festival. So even though this is something that's been around for a few years, under this name, it's its inaugural year. Um, it was canceled in 2020 and 2021 due to the pandemic and scheduling issues. But uh, now we're he- here we are, 2022, and it's back. Um, the Kite Festival in Grand Haven will return at the Grand Haven State Park on the shores of Lake Michigan, May 21st, 22nd. Um, it'll be going from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. those days. Hopefully there's enough wind. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Entry is free. Uh, You do have to pay to park inside Grand Haven State Park. Uh, Visitors from out of state and if you have recreational passes on your license plate, you will have to or you'll have to pay too. parking is free for those who do have the recreational pass. Excuse me, I screwed up on that. Uh, what you can expect at this festival? Well, you're going to see a lot of colorful kites, all types of sizes at the Grand Haven Festival. Um, you're going to watch uh, world-famous stunt kite flyers perform to music on the center of the flying field while kites bigger than a school bus mm. will hover over the south. Uh, you're welcome to bring your own kite to fly on the open flying field at the north end of the event. And uh, you're invited to test fly this year's newest kites as well uh, on one of the manufacturer's fields. So it'll be a lot of fun, a lot of different things. Uh, but a kite bigger than a school bus? <laughs> I've never seen a kite bigger than a school bus. I feel like you might get pulled off if the winds are too strong. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that works, so... Maybe we'll need to go check it out, but uh, it should be a lot of fun. Did you ever fly a kite as a kid? Oh, yes, of course. Of course, everybody. I I feel like everybody should at least try it once. It's a lot of fun. If you haven't taken your kids out to fly a kite, you need to change that. (laughs) It reminds me of the end of the Mary Poppins when they're all singing the Let's Go Fly a Kite song. (laughs) I would love. I would love if that's how our day ended today. (laughs) We're flying kites out in a park, singing songs. That would be wonderful. (laughs) One time uh, we were at a park nearby uh, where I grew up and uh, it was good kite flying conditions. And so we decided to go to the store and buy one. I think somebody else was flying one. We're like, it was me and a friend. Uh, We're like, let's go get a kite. So we went. Uh, to a store, mm-hmm. bought one, brought yeah. it back, and started it going. Well, we got to the end of the string, and I'm like, let's see how far we can get this thing to go. And so I held on to it, 
friend went to the store, bought more string. <laughs> a lot. While you're still holding it and it's up in the air, huh? Yeah. Okay. I, I kind of pulled it in a little bit so it wouldn't, you know, rip or something. So we just tied more string on and let it go further and then tied more and let it go further. Um, we, it got up there pretty high. Did you get your <laughs> kite back? No. It ended up snapping at some point. I would imagine, yeah. The winds get pretty strong the further up you go. There was an airplane that came along, and it didn't look like it was much lower than the airplane. It probably, you know, the depth perception, right? you know, it looked like the plane was closer. Well, when you're looking straight (laughs) up above, it it is hard to tell uh, the difference in the the heights there. But uh, that could be scary. That seems like it could go wrong if it was that high up. Yep. But, uh, yeah, kite flying is a fun activity, and you'll get to see a whole bunch of them in Grand Haven later this year. Nice that they brought that back. Absolutely. Uh, what about a speakeasy? You ever wanted to go check one of those out? No, I feel like um, that happened long before my time. <laughs> well, believe it or not, there is a legit speakeasy in an old shoe, sh- uh, shoe shop in Clare, Michigan. Yep, of course. Back in the roaring 1920s, uh, things got out of control with the bootlegging and hiding people had to do just to get a decent drink. Of course, it led to violence, uh, culminating with the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Uh, Luckily today, we don't have to worry about too much of that, but it is still a very interesting period in the history of the United States. Yeah, definitely an experiment uh, that kind of went wrong. Uh, But there is one place in Clare, Michigan, where you can still relive that whole speakeasy uh, way of life and also have a drink. Yep, it's called the Trap Door. They have a unique setup in a building that's over 100 years old that used to be a shoe store. When the building was refurbished as a speakeasy, old shoes from the turn of the century were actually found stuffed in the cracks of some of the walls. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, today, patrons can get handcu- handcrafted, handcuffed, <laughs> don't handcuff your patrons, <laughs> handcrafted cocktails and a variety of whiskeys, craft beer, uh, wines, and uh, you don't have to worry about getting arrested by the fuzz. You don't have to worry about handcuffs. <laughs> no. The trapdoor rents out their private room for about 200 bucks, 100 of which goes toward the credit to be used there and uh, comes with two TVs, a private ballroom, poker table, fireplace, weights staff, ability to play your own music, uh, some poker chips, as well as some playing cards. So they kind of recreate that experience. Uh, of course, you won't have to have the anxiety of um, of breaking laws to have your drink, but you can kind of get the feel of what it was like. That's kind of a fun trip back in time. That would be kind of a fun place to have a birthday party, I feel like. I mean, not for kids, obviously. <laughs> No, that's probably uh, adults-only type situation. You know, there. I mean, you and I are well past 21, but a 21 <laughs> birthday party at a place like that, I, I think that would be something that would be pretty spectacular. Yep, and again, this is in Clare, which uh, is north, you know, it's kind of mm, about an hour or two north of Grand Rapids, I believe, Clare County. That's uh, kind of in between West Michigan and Northern Michigan. <laughs> Yeah. I have a cousin that lives up in that area, actually. I would definitely get a hotel room if it were me uh, going <laughs> to try something like that or in an Uber driver or some other paid driving service. Yeah. Or bring a designated driver. Yeah. That's yeah. an option, too. Do it safely if you're going to check it out. But you can check this uh, on our website. There's actually a photo uh, of one of the tables. And it does. It's got that vintage... It Look, does. It almost has like a, it's a regular it's color a nice, photo. It's a nice marriage of uh, vintage and modern, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, the photo, which is colorized, almost has like a sepia look. Like I, they yeah. painted the whole uh, bar to look 
like like it's sepia, like an old photograph or something. Very cool. Yeah, uh, definitely check that out at 953wbck.com. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with a look at your weather. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know if uh, you were listening to our Monday Miles for Memory moment, uh, but we talked with Calhoun County Prosecutor David Gilbert about uh, some of the scams, the most common scams that his office has heard about. Yeah, unfortunately, we see too many of these cases. And of course, we sometimes hear about uh, tragic situations where somebody is cheated out of a lot of money uh, due to people that come up with these scams, some of them very elaborate. Yeah. Um, it seems like every day we're hearing about a new scam or a new take on a scam that's been around for decades. Uh, but uh, these are some of the ones uh, that we've heard about the most. Uh, it's worth noting many times our elderly residents are targeted in these scams. Uh, Prosecutor Girl Prosecutor Gilbert said that that's because 70% of our nation's wealth is held by people that are 65 years and older. Um, and the scams aren't just chump change. It adds up to over $50 billion a year. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that kind of fall for the misnomer that the reason the elderly are targeted is because they may be more susceptible to it because, you know, they're older. Maybe they're they're not thinking as clearly as they did when they were younger. But that's not the only reason. Like you said, they hold a lot of the wealth in the country. Absolutely. Um, so these are some of the scams, uh, the top scams that have been reported in Calhoun County. Yep, uh, travel scams. These include supposed free vacations, uh, robocalls about deals for vacations or rental homes. Uh, that's one you want to look out for. Also, Lacey, the IRS scam. Yeah, these scams can be initiated by phone or email, and they range from uh, pandemic-related emails promising money after the information is filled out uh, to calls of threatening arrest for overdue taxes. Um, the IRS says that they will never initiate contact with taxpayers by email, text messages, or social media challenges um, to request any personal information or financial information. Another one that uh, is pretty common, the police scam. Yeah, this one involves using the phone to solicit supposed donations for police agencies, and sometimes they even cite a local agency to make it sound more real, but those funds are often pocketed and rarely actually make it to a police agency. Another one to watch out for is I will buy your car or perhaps uh, buy other items that you were trying to sell. Whether you're selling a car online or some other big ticket item, you want to watch out. Document everything, including the would-be buyer's driver's license. Checks and money orders given as payment will sometimes bounce, leaving the seller without a car or the money for the item. Yep, and here's one everybody knows about, the Nigerian letter. Uh, This scam's been around for decades, finding new footholds with every advancement in technology. The scam usually involves the promise of a big payout if you can just front a small fortune to a stranger who claims to be someone of status in Nigeria or some other country. Yeah, telemarketing fraud, uh, probably no surprise for many of you. Um, Calling and selling items. Uh, These scams range from selling bogus goods or services to a scammer posing as a bank official to gain access to your bank information or bank funds. And there's a couple here related to cloning email and Facebook Messenger. And I've seen these occasionally myself. The scammers will pose as someone that you know. Uh, They create an account under your friend's name, often use a similar photo. And uh, then they'll start asking you for money for some fake emergency. Some of those are pretty, pretty scary, too. Uh, Grandparents have been called uh, saying, especially around spring 
spring break uh, that their grandchild has been arrested and they will even have a child, uh, someone that sounds like a child on the phone crying and sounding very upset that they just need the money and they don't want to call their parents. So definitely watch out for that. Uh, cloning telephone numbers. Um, sadly, we have had this happen to our listeners uh, using our phone number. Um, mm-hmm. This scam involves the copying or spoofing of a legitimate entity. Uh, the scammers will pose as a business or organization to ask for money or personal information all in an effort to gain access to your money. And oftentimes uh, on your caller ID, it'll say a legitimate business name and have that uh, business's phone number. Yep. Uh, Another one, as we have a few more to get through, certified checks. The cashier's check scams almost always involve someone giving you a genuine looking check or a money order and asking you to either wire money to them or send goods in return. After you deposit the cash or check or money order and send the money, you learn that the check that you had was fraudulent. Yep. Claims you were affected by data leaks. Scammers will reach out to you and say your information has been compromised and ask you to click a link for more information. Don't ever do it. Just go directly to the website of uh, where you're having that service from um, and find out that way if indeed there was a data leak. And a phishing cloning of a company or otherwise, it's a type of online scam targeting consumers by sending them an email that appears to be from a well-known source. These are just a few, believe it or not, because I mean, that was quite a few, but... Um, These are the most common ones for our area. Yep, and you can uh, check this out at 953wbck.com or on the app. Um, Maybe bookmark it so that if you get one of these calls, uh, you can check this list. And, uh, of course, the best thing to do is just hang up and, in some cases, even report it to police. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with your chance at $10,000. Let me guess, he still mad at me Probably saying that I lied That I'm crazy, I'm off the deep end But did you ever think maybe He seemed a little too shady Cause he said forever I'm yours But he probably said it to me To you and to her It started off so good with every word he swore you would But I was never the only one And I'm sure I could never be Natalie That right there, uh, Battle Creek's own Adelie Ann who uh, dominated an NBC's American Song Contest on Monday evening and uh, got the jury's pick to move on to the semifinals. This has been such a fascinating story to follow. And uh, thanks to Battle Creek Mayor uh, Mark Bankey, we were able to get on this very early on uh, when it was announced that she was going to participate in the show. Uh, We were able to do an interview with her and uh, then actually bring her into the studio where she performed a song for us. And uh, since then, we've been watching the show on NBC every week, anxiously awaiting for her performance Monday. And boy, did she knock it out of the park. Yes, she did. Of course, we weren't able to stay up and watch it Monday <laughs> night. We got a very early Tuesday morning to to see how everything went. And uh, it was a very nice surprise. Yes, it was. Uh, the way the show works, I mean, we've been talking about it a lot, but... Um, there's 56 singers, and they've been broken into groups over the course of five weeks. They represent every state and territory in the U.S. Um, there's four who advance each week. 
One of them through a jury selection and the other three are through fan voting. Yes. And uh, she still needs people to vote, even though she's moved through to keep her going through this competition and hopefully help her take home the grand prize. Um, you got to keep voting. Yeah. Um, she is 17 years old, just turned 17. She's one of the youngest performers. She is the youngest yeah, on, performer on the show. And she has advanced to the semifinals. And the new news we have today is that she will be performing on Monday, April 25th, this coming Monday. We weren't sure how they were going to do the semifinal uh, rounds, um, if she was going to be you know, several weeks later like she was in this case. But apparently uh, she will be on this Monday again. Yeah, and uh, we've got, uh, we can, we've, in this article that we've got up on our website, um, you can find out how you can vote. We've got links directly to where you can vote as well as how you can vote using the TikTok app. And uh, it's just crazy. The 17-year-old, of course, a Lakeview High School student, um, accomplished quite a bit locally before going on to this competition. And we've got a few of those, uh, some of those accolades she's received over the years um, listed as well. Yeah, and you can even watch the entire video of her performing from Monday's Night Show. Live, Li- performing yeah. live. Yeah, we have a link for that embedded right in the article as well. Kind of encapsulates uh, the entire experience uh we are still waiting to see if we will get a chance to talk to her this week we're not sure yes it's, it's been there. a whirlwind <laughs> uh we have been in touch with her family and uh we are trying to to get her back on hopefully uh this week but uh there's a lot to do a lot of unexpected things happening for them and yeah. uh they're trying to get it all figured out but you may also see some fundraising efforts uh in order for her family to be able to travel out there with her yeah cuz they're going to have to go back again uh for the show this monday and uh we hope uh, several more times as uh, she advances further on American Song Contest. Uh, the new episode will air this Monday on NBC. I believe it's at 8 o'clock. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with a look at your weather and traffic. And joining us now is Christine Piak of Willard Library. Good morning, Christine. Good morning, Lacey and Brandon. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. It uh, doesn't hurt that we actually have some sunshine out there and some above freezing temperatures. <laughs> I know. I'm so looking forward to the next few days. <laughs> uh, and a wonderful weekend, too. Um, so you guys have another event coming up for uh, the Book of Harlan? Yes, tomorrow night is the big night for Battle Creek Reads. Every year we have a, an author visit, and um, this year the Book of Harlan is the book. Bernice L. McFadden is the author, and she will be in Battle Creek tomorrow night. Um, she'll be speaking in person, um, 6.30 p.m. at the Courtyard by Marriott. It's a great story. Um, it's won awards, and it's a, a historical fiction based on her ancestors, and also, you know, she did research on history World War II. So it's really great. If people haven't read the book, we have lots of copies at the library or you can download it from Hoopla or Libby. So hope people will come out. Even if you haven't read it, come see her and then read the book afterward. All right. And also coming up next week, Stories at Sundown with Jenny DeJong. That's right. On Mondays, Mac McCuller, um, or Mac McCullough has um, his show, and this coming Monday, he's going to be talking with Jenny DeYoung, who's the Willard Creative Services Librarian. And she's going to, you can learn all about everything that she's doing. We have a creative space downtown. We have Maker Mondays, open lab hours, take and make kits. And she's also going to talk about the future creative space that we're going to be building at the Helen Warner branch. So that will be Monday at 7 o'clock, live streaming on our Facebook, YouTube, and WillardLibrary.org. 
And a lot of exciting things happening with those uh, renovations going on right now. Um, then there is another event, uh, this one geared towards kids, getting them prepared. Yes, last month we did a program with the American Red Cross about being prepared for emergencies, and that was for later elementary students. And this month we have one, it's called Prepare with Pedro, Pedro, and um, it's for students in kindergarten through second grade, and the Red Cross comes, and they, um, Miss Stephanie and the Red Cross will be working together and teach children that age how to be prepared for like a home fire or hazard and um, not make it so scary, but just kind of have them have some basic skills on what to do if something happens. That's going to be Tuesday at 630 at the downtown library. Very good uh, thing to do for children. Every now and then in the news, you'll hear about some very young child who does something incredible during an emergency. Like they know how to get a hold of the right people or they know how to call 911. Or they right. save their whole yeah. family from yeah. a house I know, fire. I know. It's amazing. <laughs> Which is why uh, programs like this are, are very, very important. Christine Piak of Willard Library, thank you so much for joining us this morning. My pleasure. All right. So, uh, did you know there was a Grand Rapids hero who was actually the first person who heard those or heard those famous words, "Houston, we've had a problem." I do think I've heard a little bit about this in the past. Uh, of course, if you've seen the movie uh, Tom Hanks starred in Apollo thirteen, um, or <laughs> if you haven't. Uh, been uh, living under a rock you've had to have heard that expression at some point well it's one of those ones that's misquoted a lot of people will say houston we have a problem but it actually was houston we've had a problem in fact i think tom hanks says it the wrong way in the movie <laughs> that could be uh the, those words uh, were actually spoken by astronaut jim lovell in real life uh was communicated to colonel jack lausma Yep, and he was a native of Grand Rapids who grew up in Ann Arbor, was the Capcom recipient of the communications from space from Apollo 13. Uh, Capcom is an acronym for Capsule Communicator, a position uh, held by an astronaut. It was 52 years ago, just this week, that an oxygen tank on Apollo 13 exploded, placing the three-man crew directly into a life-or-death situation. Yep, a very scary incident. Of course, we all know that it ended up good, but it took a lot of work. Um, the sad part was they weren't able to land on the moon. Uh, but, but the I'm good sh- part was they made it home alive. <laughs> yeah, and an unlikely odds that they were going to. Um, in the movie, of course, you know, a lot of times movies take liberties, but Apollo 13 is one of those movies that there were a lot of things they followed very closely to the actual event. And uh, one of the biggest things was the stuff they had to build and construct out of the supplies they had inside the ship to uh, make sure the oxygen levels and other problems they were facing after the oxygen oxygen tank blew. It's just fascinating that they were able to get them back here safely. Absolutely. So while many of us have heard the story or at least seen the movie, uh, you may not realize the person in Houston talking to the crew, of course, was that uh, Grand Rapids native Colonel Jack Lausma, USMC retired. Uh, of course, that, uh, as we mentioned, uh, that mission control called CAPCON uh, was a b- position that was always held by an astronaut. Uh, many years after the fact, uh, Lausma recounted his story to a reporter and uh, they asked him, what would you have done if you couldn't have gotten them back? And his answer, the question never even entered my mind. We were so intent on being successful, we never thought about what we were going to do if we could not get them back. We didn't let, we didn't let negative thoughts even enter our minds. Yeah, another famous phrase related to Apollo 13 is failure is not an option. And uh, he went on, of course, uh, to run for the Senate in Michigan. Yep, uh, but lost in 1984 to longtime and the late Senator Carl Levin. 
Among the accolades that Lesma received are honorary doctorate of astronaut astronautical science from the University of Michigan in 1973, an honorary doctorate scholar from Hope College 1982, an honorary doctor scholar in uh, business administration from Cleary College, as well as an honorary doctorate from Sterling College. That's a lot more than I've done. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, they actually have this uh, wonderful display up at the Michigan uh, Heroes Museum. Yeah. So you can, um, you can go there and learn more about it, but uh, we have this article up on our website. Yep, you can check it out, learn more about the local connection to Apollo 13 at 953wbck.com and on the app. And joining us now is Emily Lokes, the Celebration Cinema. Good morning, Emily. Good morning. Great to be with you this morning. Spring has come and we're out. I'm actually out in Muskegon this morning. It's the grand opening of our Getty Drive-In Movie Theater this week, which is a West Michigan favorite and a regional draw. So pretty exciting for us. Yeah. And we were unaware it actually has uh, four movie screens. Four screens. So you can come and string up your hammock, set up the camp chairs, popcorn, old school concession stand, the whole bit. Uh, but we have coming to that theater, but also all of our other celebration cinema theaters in West Michigan, some new movies this weekend and some fun ones, a little bit of something for everybody. Um, and just when you think you've seen it all and seen all of the plot lines, you get a movie that's truly unique, like Nicolas Cage starring as Nicolas Cage uh, <laughs> in The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. That's one of the new ones this weekend, and it's an action comedy where... Uh, he plays a fictionalized version of himself who's in financial dire straits and needs to accept a million-dollar offer to attend a birthday party of one of his dangerous super fans. <laughs> and that leads him down this calamitous road. And we've got some great co-actors in that one with Pedro Pascal and a CIA operative played by Tiffany Haddish. So just just looks like it's going to be super fun to see this iconic character um, reenact himself in order to save himself and his loved ones. If that sounds intriguing to you, it sure does to me. Yeah, that <laughs> sounds pretty wild. And Nicolas Cage seems like the, the right person to do a movie like this. It seems perfect. I don't know anyone else who could. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else do we yep. got this weekend? Yeah. Well, for families, we have a new DreamWorks animation film, and this is Bad Guys, and it's based on the New York Times bestselling book series. So we've got this, you know, animated Cracker Jack criminal crew of animal outlaws who is trying to attempt a major heist and, you know, challenge, and they get caught. So they have to decide that they're going to um, pretend at least to go good. <laughs> and uh, so we've got the Mr. Snake and the Chill Master of Disguise, Mr. Shark, and the Sharp Tongue, Miss Tarantula, and the Short Fused, Mr. Piranha, uh, all back together as this, you know, world's most wanted villains in the animated world. And Mr. Wolf has to broker a deal to save them all from prison. And along the way uh, of trying to fool the world that they've been transformed, he kind of begins to suspect that doing good might be what he's actually always longed for so then he has to persuade the rest of the crew you can see what happens oh that sounds like a lot of guys yeah that sounds like a lot of fun and uh the northmen also coming out oh more intense so again like something for everybody in the northmen we've got 
Prince Amleth, and he's on the verge of becoming a man when his father is brutally murdered by his uncle, who kidnaps the boy's mother. So this story takes place two decades later when Amleth is now a Viking who's on a mission to save his mother, kill his uncle, and avenge his father. The critical reviews on this are super strong. Um, so again, across the spectrum, we have a new DreamWorks film, we have a Nicolas Cage film, we have a more intense drama history film, and uh, I think it's it's a lot of fun um, on the big screen for all audiences. Sounds like there'll be... Indoors a, or out. Yeah, it sounds like there'll be a movie for everyone, too. That there will. And the hot popcorn, which we always have waiting for you at Celebration Cinema. I think it's the world's best popcorn, so we'd love to see it at the movies this week. Emily Lokes of Celebration Cinema, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Have a great weekend, and we hope to see you at the movies. Yes, I am looking forward. I've been, uh, I didn't <laughs> want to get my hopes up too high on this because I was like, oh, they're going to change the forecast. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. It looks like it's going to happen. Well, we will be back with you Thursday morning from 6 to 9 right here on WBCK. A reminder, we'll have more cash code words throughout the day at the bottom of the hour. The more of those you enter, uh, the better your chance to win $10,000 with cash code. That will continue the rest of the day, the rest of the week, and even next week as well. And uh, we're going to hear about the Serial City Concert Band's next uh, event. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning.